Since time beginning, humans have always had an interesting relationship with the night. On one hand, it can be a time of peace and slumber. But on the other hand, it can be a time when all matter of strange and frightening events occur. Night generally makes people uncomfortable. The lack of clarity the darkness brings about makes us feel uneasy. Our minds, struggling to make sense of the shadows, will often attempt to form its own patterns, causing us to misinterpret items and see things which are not really there. The mind, unsure of its surroundings, will often be on alert, and those patterns which it forms out of the shadows are often terrifying. The dead of night is a time when many can feel a bit uneasy, especially if you happen to be outside. We often equate darkness with silence, but if you spend time out in nature during the night, it's often not nearly as quiet as you may have hoped it would be. The forests are always active, with unseen creatures rustling about. Mysterious footsteps, a little too close for comfort, snap twigs beneath unseen feet. Strange noises fill the air, and the unsettling feeling of not being alone causes the hair on your neck to rise. It's the unknown that puts us on alert. The uncertainty of what walks about while we attempt to sleep, that is what frightens us. Instead of envisioning deer out for a night stroll, we envision frightful monsters or sinister spirits. It was especially so for our ancient ancestors. Night, for them, was a time when they were vulnerable, when predators lurked within the shadows, waiting for the precise moment to snatch up livestock, or even people. For them, the threat of nighttime was very real, as our inability to see well in the dark, coupled with our body's need to sleep during this time, made us humans easy prey. But it wasn't just creatures of the natural world which threatened our ancestors. There were other forces at play as well. Night was a time when strange, otherworldly creatures roamed the earth, when the unseelie preyed upon the naive, and when evil spirits tormented the living. For them, the strange, unsettled feelings the night brought about, those shivers down their spines, that wasn't just imaginations at play. For them, this was very, very real. 
For many ancient peoples, nighttime was a time when the dead roamed the earth, often in order to punish the living. And because of this, for the Mesopotamians, funerary rites not only involved means of disposing a body, they were also a means of dealing with that departed loved one's spirit as well. The funerary rites of these people included offerings of food and drink. It was believed that this was something the spirit would need in the afterlife. For the Mesopotamians, the underworld was a very dreary place. Not only did spirits have to embark on this long journey in order to receive their judgment and final postings in the afterlife, but they would also have to do so facing hunger and thirst. Now those whose families gave them a proper funeral with those offerings of food and drink, they would fare well and remain comfortable throughout that journey. But those whose families neglected to do so, those spirits would spend their days roaming in agony, tormented by thirst and hunger. These pitiful spirits were allowed during the nights to roam the world of the living as ghosts, essentially haunting those that neglected them until the proper rites were performed. Unfortunately, for some spirits, even this act could not get them those final respects. These spirits would often become angry, and they would take that anger out on the living, tormenting not just relatives, but any person they encountered, thus bringing about ill fortune to all they crossed paths with. For the living, these restless spirits were a constant threat, and because of this, nighttime would often become a rather restless time for the living when anxieties were heightened. It was a time when Unseen threats lurked about. Threats that could not only harm the body, but harm the mind as well. It's a theme which would carry on throughout the centuries. The fear of the night and the uncertainties it brings. The fear of uninvited, otherworldly guests tormenting the living, preying upon both body and mind. And in no way is that more evident than in the nightmare. Those horrible little occurrences when it seems as if our sleeping minds turn against us. We often relate these occurrences to anxieties, a reaction to stressors in our lives. But throughout history, the nightmares we experienced had a more sinister origin. Most commonly, 
nightmares involve some aspect of a fear of losing control, whether that's being chased by something from which there's no escape or an unavoidable injury. No matter the subject of the nightmare, the experience is always a bit rattling, often leading the sleeper to awaken with that sudden jolt. In that moment, adrenaline is rushing, the heart is pounding, and our chest is heavy. We've always struggled to come up with exactly what causes these terrifying dreams to happen. But our best explanations have roots in basic psychology. However, in the late 18th century, nightmares were defined as being brought about by a disease of the brain. But a few centuries before that, their causation was less medical and more supernatural. Throughout most of early history, nightmares were believed to be caused by evil spirits and even demons. It was believed that during sleep, these entities could inhabit the sleeper's body, feeding off of their energy and tormenting them through horrific visions. The term nightmare first appears around the 13th century, but it didn't just mean a scary dream as it does today. Nightmare involved something far more frightening than a dream itself. Today, we know this frightening thing as sleep paralysis. And if you've ever had the lovely luck to experience such a thing, it is indeed quite rattling. A lot of times during this event, people claim to see something sinister standing by them. A lot of people claim to see a hideous old hag sitting on their chest, almost as if it's attempting to suffocate them. It might sound ridiculous, but it's a vision and experience that has been shared throughout the centuries. The mare in the English word nightmare refers to a malevolent female spirit. This spirit was said to prey upon its sleeping victims by sitting upon their chests and suffocating them. In other instances, it could also refer to demons, which would perch over the sleeping, bringing about horrific visions, while they slowly fed off and drained the sleeper of their life force. In fact, there are a whole manner of little creatures and entities all throughout folklore, which have been attributed to causing nightmares. In this case, sleep paralysis. 
One such little creature is the Alp of German folklore. Alps, also known as truds, are mischievous little goblin-like creatures which roam the night searching for slumbering humans to torment. Alps will often enter a home through an open window or unlocked door. But even if the windows and doors are shuttered and secured, an alp can still make their way inside. They can slither through the most minuscule of cracks and once inside will make their way to a bedroom and then crouch upon the chest of a slumbering human, staring into their eyes and pouring horrific visions into their heads, while also becoming heavier and heavier until they start to suffocate that person. Now, it's unclear if those who sleep on their stomachs or sides are safe or safer from the torment of the Alps. But there are measures one can take in order to protect themselves from the antics of those little creatures of the night. Before falling asleep, make a fist. Only put your thumb on the inside, letting your fingers drape over it. This right here is seen to the Alps as a threatening gesture. And though they can be mischievous little things, Alps actually do not like confrontation. So if there's one lurking about in your room, it will see that threat and quickly retreat. Now you can also trap an alp. If you hear a rustling inside of your wall at night, that is said to be an alp, searching for a hole or crack, desperately seeking an entry into your room. Now if you can plug up any holes or cracks, you can effectively capture an alp. Now once captured, these little creatures will become quite pitiful and they'll beg for their release. They'll promise to do your bidding as long as you allow them to go back to their realm, to their families. Well, when this happens, you can form a pact with the Alp, essentially binding it to you, in which you can call upon it during the night and have it do your bidding. Now often, those who capture an Alp will use it to torment a rival. However, binding yourself to an Alp doesn't go without any consequences. It's said that those who have done so and use the Alp to do their bidding begin to develop an unmistakable physical characteristic. A thick, dark, bushy unibrow which spans the length of their forehead. If you are being tormented by an alp, one thing you can do 
is ask it politely to leave and tell it that if it does so, then the next night you will greet it with a drink. If the Alp is agreeable to this and leaves, that is a sign that that Alp was sent to you by a person. And it's said that the following night, the person who sent the Alp will reveal themselves and come to your door. In Brazil, there is the Pisadira. Now, unlike the Alp, it cannot be captured or reasoned with. And this is actually a very evil spirit, which torments the sleeping. Much like the European mare, the Pisadira takes the form of a female, and it crouches on top of the sleeping, feeding off of their energy and slowly suffocating them. Now, this entity is hideous and quite frightening to behold. She is a skeletal-like creature with long matted hair and twisted, overgrown fingernails. She stalks the rooftops until she finds a suitable prey, often a person sleeping with their window open. Then, she climbs down the side of the house, reminding one of a spider, and then slides through the window into the bedroom. There, she'll slowly crawl up the sleeping person. It's said that those who have this creature enter their room are aware of her presence from the start, becoming jolted awake by it. But... They're unable to move or scream or do anything. They can feel her grabbing onto their feet and then feel her slowly crawling on top of them until she's on their chest, staring straight down at them with her frightening gray face, dark holes for eyes, and bared yellow teeth. In St. Lucia, sleepers are often tormented and sometimes killed by the Kokoma. The Kokoma are spirits of the unborn and of dead children who were not given proper funerary rites. It's said that the children, angry over their death, want to seek vengeance on the living by crawling on a slumbering person's chest and attempting to choke them. The only way to appease these spirits is to offer them a proper funeral. In other countries, it's not just children, but any human spirit that wasn't given proper funerary rites. These spirits are known as the pressing ghost, and they'll attempt to smother an unsuspecting sleeper. Now, other times, these spirits 
desperate to live again, will push the sleeping person's soul out of their body and then inhabit the body themselves. If the sleeping person is unable to regain consciousness and take back control, the invading spirit will remain in the body for the rest of its lifespan. Sometimes, the invading entity doesn't take on any humanoid characteristics at all. Sometimes, the malevolent entity is more animalistic. In Spain, there is the pesanta, a shadowy animal that appears in the sleeper's room. It's said to climb on top of them and perch itself on the sleeper's chest. The strange animal will then gaze down intently at the sleeper's face, feeding them nightmares. The longer the beast is allowed to sit undisturbed, the heavier it becomes. It soon becomes so heavy that it will suffocate the sleeper if they don't wake up. Now, this creature can come in a variety of forms, but most often it takes the form of a domesticated animal, such as a cat or a dog. It often mimics the shape of a household pet. In order to trick the sleeper, lulling them into that false sense of security in case they wake up. In some cultures, these otherworldly tormentors of the night are doing so against their will. In some cases, these spirits are summoned and then enslaved by nefarious shamans and sorcerers. Often, those that entrap these spirits do so for personal gain, often as a means of ridding themselves of a rival. In Japanese folklore, there are those who can summon spirits, binding them and thus controlling them. Those who do this often do it as a means of revenge. It's a spiritual art known as the Kanashibari, which roughly means the bound. These sorcerers force these spirits to do their will, refusing to release them, refusing to grant them any rest until they have finished the task. These spirits are often sent out at night in order to torment and weaken an enemy. They'll linger above the sleeping, invading their dreams with horrific nightmares. In some cases, the spirits will suffocate their enemies at night while they slumber.
This strange phenomenon of the true nightmare, sleep paralysis, is universal. And each night, millions of people will experience a frightening encounter, which is similar to the ones mentioned. But in modern times, there are a few more characters that have come into play. In the vast majority of sleep paralysis cases, the people experiencing them are completely aware of what's going on, but they're unable to move or make any sounds. They are essentially powerless. In most of these cases, these terrifying encounters have the same components. The people feel the presence of an often negative entity, feel a pain or pressure somewhere in their body, most often the chest. And some people see odd, shadowy, human-shaped figures which seem to flit about only in the corner of their eyes. But it's the feeling that they get from those odd, shadowy figures that frighten them. The figures give off a threatening vibe. And often, there are strange voices and whispers that go alongside the experience. Sometimes, the experience is even more frightening, and the entities seen are quite alien to the experiencer. Some experience an odd humming noise, accompanied by odd lights, and then see strange humanoid-like beings entering their room. The person is completely paralyzed, but they feel as if something is lifting them out of their bed. Psychologists believe that many of the alien abduction cases reported are actually the product of hallucinations brought on by sleep paralysis. In fact, there is a pretty interesting correlation between a person's belief in the paranormal, and how they interpret sleep paralysis. For instance, if a person already has a belief in spirits, demons, or alien abduction, they are more likely to credit what is experienced during a state of sleep paralysis as being a genuine supernatural experience as being proof of such things existing. They will be more willing to make the leap into using that experience to affirm a belief rather than take the experience for what it is, the mind giving us a really creepy waking nightmare. Now, knowing that it's all brought on because your brain is essentially being a jerk, 
that doesn't really make the situation any less scary. But if you happen to have an instance of sleep paralysis, you can sort of turn it around and make it a far less scary experience. If you're able to rationalize with yourself and try to ride out the fear, this not only helps you make the whole deal less scary, but you can also allow yourself to drift back to sleep, which is what you need. And as a bonus, you still attain some of that level of awareness. So in other words, you, my friend, get to have a far more fun experience, a lucid dream. Now, granted, it's rather tough to rationalize with yourself when there's a big creepy thing staring down at you, but maybe if you ask the said creepy thing what its favorite dinosaur is, it might be friendlier. You know what? It's probably been a really long time since anyone asked it that. That type of question is always a good conversation starter in my world. So you're probably wondering, what is it that even makes our brains turn into jerks and cause this whole nightmare scenario to even happen in the first place. Sleep paralysis is considered now to be more of a neurological disorder. It stems from disrupted REM sleep. When you're in REM sleep, this is where most of your dreaming occurs. And during this state, your body naturally becomes immobile. You know, so you aren't running around the room like a crazy person acting out your dreams. During sleep paralysis, your REM cycle is disrupted quite suddenly and you spring awake. But you are 100% awake. Your body is still in that paralyzed state and your mind is essentially still in that dreamlike state as well. And you essentially have hallucinations, very, very vivid hallucinations. What's interesting to me about it is that around 58% of people who experience this will often have a very scary experience, often seeing or sensing something malevolent, inhuman. But the interesting thing is, about 28% of people will see not a creepy monster, but just a regular person in their room, often a complete stranger. The person will either just sort of magically appear or sometimes they'll see this person opening up the door and kind of walking into the bedroom. 
during these experiences, the person is still frightened, but they do not get the feeling that that stranger in the room is evil or out to do them harm. Some reports say that people feel comforted, like that stranger was coming in to protect them. Some people liken it to a guardian angel. What's really interesting about sleep paralysis is it's also believed that a lot of what people refer to as out-of-body experiences are actually instances of sleep paralysis. In a lot of cases of sleep paralysis, people feel themselves floating above their body. Sometimes it's viewed as a very pleasant experience. Kind of feel yourself floating around and you're having fun. But other times, it can be highly unpleasant. An unwanted experience. Sometimes, it's as if some sort of nefarious force is pulling them out of their body forcibly. A little over half of all sleep paralysis cases are recorded as being highly unpleasant. The person experiencing it feeling intense fear. And there's actually a physiological reason for this as well. The part of the brain that processes fear and emotional memory is also incredibly active during REM sleep. When you suddenly jolt out of that REM sleep and you have that instance of sleep paralysis, that part of the brain is still hyperactive. So your emotional response to what's going on is heightened. It's also believed that this right here is what could be responsible for those scary hallucinations during sleep paralysis as well. See, the brain is having this hyper-emotional response. You know, it's surging with fear, maybe anxiety. But there are no environmental factors for the brain to associate with this. You know, it's looking around and it doesn't see anything that it should be scared of. It doesn't see anything that should be triggering the whole fight or flight. So the brain tries to compensate for this. In response, the brain will come up with its own reasoning for that intense fear response. And that right there is where the hallucinations come into play. The brain kind of makes up its own reasoning of why it's scared. And so that's why we start to get those creepy things popping into our vision.
Now, you probably want to know why sleep paralysis happens to begin with. What's going on in our bodies that causes this to happen in the first place? And there are a whole bunch of different factors that can contribute to sleep paralysis. You could have narcolepsy, which can trigger this. You can have health issues that can trigger this. But a lot of times, sleep paralysis comes about when we're sleep deprived, which is probably why I experience this as much as I do. You see, as I currently write this, it is 1 a.m., and I still have at least three to four more hours of work before I can even think of going to bed. You see, for me, staying up until 3 a.m. or later and waking up at 7 a.m., that's pretty much my normal routine. So it's safe to say that this brain of mine right here, it's probably getting very angry with me with all this deprivation it's enduring. So people like me, who stay up really late, wake up kind of early, we are far more prone to having instances of sleep paralysis. That's why for a lot of people like myself, it kind of comes in waves. And it's essentially your body's natural response to you depriving it of sleep. Now, another thing that can trigger sleep paralysis is stress, anxiety. If you are stressed, if you're worried, if you're scared about something, you are more prone to sleep paralysis as well. Studies have indicated that instances of sleep paralysis do coincide with instances of stress when a person is having high levels of anxiety. It's also incredibly common with people who have post-traumatic stress. They will have higher instances of sleep paralysis as well. Pretty interesting. So if you are stressed, you will have more instances of sleep paralysis and if you're like me and you don't sleep as much as you should, you are going to have a lot of these as well. So, if you would like to experience sleep paralysis, there you go. You now have the main ingredients for having one. Stress and little sleep. So there, I'm kind of like a spooky, more you know ad. I'd like to thank you for listening to this little journey into nightmares and sleep paralysis.